Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. It's a good place to be. <laughs> His presence is definitely here today. All right. Uh, we're going to continue this morning in our series called Pursuit. It's our third week in into it, and so I'm excited about this and, and just how the Lord has been speaking to me in this process, and uh, I feel like he's given me a word to share this morning, and it's really a lot tied in already in our worship this morning and some of the things that have been said, but basically in the area of pursuit, us pursuing God with everything we have and really developing our lives as followers of Christ. We're in that process. We're all being developed. We're all being uh, trained, mentored, discipled as followers of Christ. And uh, we talked about who asked the question, who are you following? And then also, who's following you? Because that's kind of one of those lights that goes on. It's like, oh, that's right. Somebody's looking at, watching me. Somebody's following me. I was, remember back when we were kids growing up in our house, and uh, we just, it's interesting how whatever your environment is that you're used to, we grew up in the church, having parents that pastored. Uh, that was kind of a thing when you're a kid, you, that's your life. Because where they go, you go when you're a little kid. You don't get to say, oh, I'm going to go do this or that. When you're five, six, seven years old, you're, you're right there. So back in those days, we had a lot of church services. And uh, so we were at church a lot. And so, I, but I remember as kids in our house, we would, uh, you know, back then, of course, they didn't have all the technology and all the th- things they do now where kids are off doing different things and glued to whatever device, whatever it might be. But we would create all of our own fun and the, the things that we would do would be interactive amongst us kids. And so one of the things I remember that we did quite a bit, we played church. <laughs> I know some of you are laughing because you're like, oh, yeah. You know what that, so, you know, there was five of us kids. And so we would get our chairs out and set them out just like they're in a, in a sanctuary. And we all had our part that we would play in that church. And, and we played church as if we're in church. And so you know, one of my sisters or, or, or one of my brothers, would they would be the worship leader, and then, you know, another one would uh, be the preacher, and another one would take the offering, and all the different aspects of it, but it was really something that you, we were following a, a lead of something we saw. We were mimicking it in the sense we were copying something that we saw, and the reality was it was something that was, it was good. And so we grew up in that atmosphere and, and begin to, as we grew older and older, begin to look at different people in the church and say, oh, you know, that's, that's somebody that I would like to learn from. That's what I would like to follow. And I remember developing in the area of music. It's interesting because all around me in my family, everybody sang. All very musically gifted. My, my mom played uh, organ, piano. My dad could sing. He played the trumpet. My brothers, uh, sisters, they all sang beautiful voices. They could sing. They played instruments, keyboards, all these things. And I'm like, well, Lord, I don't really sing very good. So I'm in the wrong family. I'm adopted. What happened? <laughs> but you know what? I remember, so I was in the fourth grade, and God's like, I already know Steve. 
And so he's like, that's why I'm going to stick a saxophone in your mouth. <laughs> because, and so I remember in the fourth grade, trying to pick out what instrument am I going to play? Because I wanted to do something in, in music. And it's funny, because back then we walked to school. And no, it wasn't uphill both ways and snow every day, whatever. But, so we walked to school. My, my whole idea of it was, because I came down to, I want to play saxophone or the trombone. But I chose the saxophone because the case wasn't quite as big. Because <laughs> I had to carry it to school and carry it home. So anyway, I love playing the saxophone. I don't play it very often. But I, I love that. But I just thought, God, you're good. You just shoved that in my mouth going, yo, Steve, I got this covered. You don't have to sing. Now, I, I do sing, and it's not that I'm a horrible singer. It's just, you know, God gives us different gifts. So he, <laughs> yeah, well, Jane, I don't need your help with that. Boy, it's something, because we'll be talking about something. I go, man, I can't remember this song or whatever. And, and I'm going, man, I, it's in my head. But if I open my mouth and try to sing, she's like, I don't know, I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're singing. <laughs> and I'm just get frustrated. <laughs> Good thing we have something we can get it on our phone or whatever. Yeah. Amen. So that, you know, we, we do that. We're following uh, people. There's this quote here that I want to bring. Uh, actually, Melanie uh, brought this to my attention a couple of weeks ago from an extraordinary submarine legend. His name was Eugene Flukey, and he was pretty amazing. There was a book written about him, and as he talked to different sailors, he would say different things encouraging, and, and I just wanted to say a couple of things that, that he had mentioned. Uh, he said, first of all, serve your country well. He said, put more into life than you expect to get out of it. Drive yourself and lead others. Make others feel good about themselves. They will outperform your expectations, and you will never lack for friends. I like that, because it's all about, the focus is all off of us, and it's all on to, how can we make people around us better? How can we create an environment that they will succeed in? So that's a part of what this is about as well. It's not just about us, but realize that somebody is learning from us. And so I believe that's important for us. Lord, I pray this morning that we, as we dive into your word and in some of these thoughts this morning that you're wanting to bring, I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to us individually this morning and corporately, whatever that is, God, that we would hear what you have to say this morning. And uh, we're thankful that we could be in a place that we could freely come and worship you and freely hear your word, and, and so we, we don't take that for granted, but we do appreciate it, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 This morning, I want to cover a couple things, and then this morning, I'm also going to do an interview, and a, another one that we're going to do this morning, which I'm excited about, so we'll do that here in a few minutes, but this is about when God gives us a word, when God gives us a word, some of you today You've maybe many years ago, you received a word from God, whatever, whatever that is. Now, there's many ways that come, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But the very first point before I do that, some of you, you felt like, yeah, God's spoken to me before. And maybe there's some today that you're saying, I've never got a word from God. I don't, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it is to have God speak to me. And maybe others are saying, 
I've got a word, and man, I'm, I'm on path to complete that word, and others are, I've got a word, but I've, I don't know what to do with it. I've never really started with it. We're all in different places. So the very first thing that happens when God has a word for us is what? We hear the word. So the first thing is, we hear a word from God. How do we hear a word from God? It comes in many ways. One, and was alluded to this morning, from Mark was talking about prophetic. Some of you understand that's biblical. There's uh, Bible prophecy. There's things that are spoken that God comes and speaks prophetically, maybe a, a word to you from somebody who would, you would consider a trustworthy source that would bring that prophetic word. And maybe in, in that case, then there's other people who maybe confirm that to you, and you're like, wow, man, I've heard this word. So that's one way. Another way is just the flat out that you're just in your house or you're driving in your car and you're praying and all of a sudden you, you hear this like God's telling you something. You don't hear an audible voice, audible voice for sure, but it's you're just like, man, I have this strong impression. This is what God's telling me to do. And then there's other ways of just when we pick up our Bible and we begin to read in the word and God gives us a word out of his word. And that's where we lock in and go, that's for me. I'm grabbing that word. That, that's something I can grab a hold of and content. And so those are different areas. It can be one or the other, or all three of those different ways that we can receive a word. In Matthew 13, verse 23, it says this, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as has been planted. Because they, they heard, they heard a word. So that's the number one thing. The second thing is, we must believe the word from God. We've got to believe that word, because that's where the enemy comes to snatch. And he wants to take that word and say, oh, that wasn't from God, or you, you know, that wasn't for you. So we must believe the word from God. So we see this in Luke chapter 1, in verse 42 through 45, says, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the, the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So the Lord had given a word to Mary. Elizabeth comes to say, you believed it. You believed that word. Because the word was a crazy word, right? It's like, no way. This is not going to happen for me. But it became a true fact there that she just, she flat out believed. Lord, whatever it is you have, I want that. So we've got we've to buy into whatever that word is. And we have to believe it. All right? So the next thing we have to do is we must respond to the word from God. We must respond. So there's something that all of a sudden now, it comes on us. Because how often do we say that maybe you got a word from God and you sat back and said, boy, someday God's going to make this come to pass in my life. And we just sort of sit back and wait, sit in our easy chair. Well, if God really is going to produce that word, if it's going to be fulfilled, he'll do it. I just need to wait. No, we must respond. There's a response that needs to come. So we see this in Titus chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says this, I, Paul, am God's slave and Christ's agent for promoting the faith among God's chosen people, getting out the accurate word on God 
and how to respond rightly to it. My aim is to raise hopes by pointing the way to life without end. This is the life God promised long ago, and he doesn't break his promises. Wow, there's something that happened. How do we respond? And not just respond, but respond rightly to the word. So there's something that Paul is showing us here. And it's pointing to Christ in this. Because when God speaks a word, he speaks a word, it's his promise to us. His promises don't fail. And so he's not going to drop that. If it doesn't come to pass, it usually has something to do with us. Because we're always like, well, yeah, I had a word 40 years ago. I'm still waiting for it to come to pass. Well, have you done anything to prepare for it? No, I'm just trusting God. Well, (laughs) there's more. There's there's our part in this. This is part of uh, growing in our our understanding and knowledge of Christ and what he wants for us in our life. Now, the next point is we must stand upon that word. We must stand on that word from God because we know it's going to get tested. We know the enemy is going to come and try to snatch that word. He's going to try to steal that word from us. In Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, it says this. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. Listen right here. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. I jumped in the wrong scripture. I skipped one, didn't I? I apologize. Well, we're going to go back. Now, that, that's, like, that's like a real hit point there. I'm going to come back to that because that's a different point and I slid my finger up just too far so my apologies you're like what what where is he at so let's go back we're going to come back to that one we must stand on the word from God that's where we were at Psalm 119 41 and 42 let your love God shape my life with salvation exactly as you promised then I will be able to stand up to mockery because I trusted your word There's stuff that's going to come against you. We have to stand on it. We have to stand up to to the enemy and tell him, no, you're not taking that word. You're not stealing the word that was given to me, that word that was confirmed to me, that was spoken to me. I want to, before I come to this this last point on this one, I want to reflect just back a little bit on my own life personally because I was thinking about the times that God spoke to me. And I realized that he spoke to me in all these different ways. He, prophetically, God spoke to me. And in those things, yeah, there was a, a fear kind of that rose up. It's like, oh my, not me. Lord, that can't be. That's not who I am. I can't do that. And so you go through this challenge of that. And so I've had the, the prophetic words that have been spoken over me. And I think, God, you must, you must have the wrong person. I don't know. But then... He would begin to bring confirmation to that. And somebody else would say something that didn't know who I was, never met him, and say this and that. And all of a sudden, I'm going, okay, Lord, I need to pay attention. And then there would be times where I would be all by myself somewhere. And the, I would know there's nobody around me. And I, I know it's it was so much almost like the Lord spoke out loud to me. 
even though it wasn't audible, but it was that sense. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying sometimes, though, when the Lord just speaks to you and you just know that you know, I just heard from God. And I've had those moments. And I'm going, okay, Lord, okay, I get it. And so then we begin to believe that word. We begin to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take that word. And we begin to say, okay, I'm going to start doing something to, to see that happen. I got I to gotta change some of my plans. I got to adjust my life. I have to take this out. I have to add this. I need to begin to prepare myself. And I need to stand on that word because I know that to me it doesn't necessarily make sense. So we get, to, we get to that place now where all of a sudden we're in this place of, okay, now we got to see this word fulfilled. So we get to the, here where we must fulfill the word from God. We must fulfill the word from God. Because if we don't, it's the enemy. It's like the seed that was sown in the different areas that was snatched up because it, it didn't get, have the right nutrition or it wasn't uh, taken care of or, or the, it just wasn't taken well prepared and, and set a place for the seed to flourish. The enemy was able to come in. So we have to establish things in our life to protect the word that comes. So that's where we grow deep in our, in our maturing and understanding of God and his word. And we have to 100% say, God, that's your word. I'm holding on to that. And so when we begin to go to, in that direction of fulfilling the word from God, we see that. And I just read the scripture in Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, where it talks about his word. He sends it out. And it goes forth, and it always produces fruit, and it, and it says, it will accomplish all I want it to. Who is the one who sent the word? Who's the one who gave the word? Was it you or was it God? And he says, it will accomplish everything that he spoke, that he wants. So it really is on him to fulfill it, but it requires us to be participants in that. And so whatever that is for you, I just believe there's so many, so many of us here today, there's a, a stirring that God wants to do afresh and stir that word. And some of you, maybe your well's a little bit dry and you're feeling, man, the enemy's come and he's tried to rob me and I'm just in this place. And God just comes to stir afresh again and renew and remind you of the word of the Lord to you. But you need to grab hold of that promise and say, his promises are yes and amen, and I'm going to get up. I'm going to stand on that word. I don't care where I'm at in my life. I don't care what disease or what sickness or whatever's come upon me or my financial situation or whatever it is. God, you spoke a word, and I believe your word, and I, and I take that word. God, you're going to fulfill that word, and we're going to do this together, and we're going to walk together with other believers, and we're going to encourage each other, and we're going to see these things that happen. It's going to be accomplished. It's going to happen. So some of you today are going, man, I, I need a fresh word. I need a word from God. I believe God is faithful to do that for you. Yeah. You're here today and you need a word. God's going to give you a word. Yeah. I would suggest start seeking him. Start praying every day. Say, God, I need to hear from you. And I promise you that you're going to have people come to you. They're going to say stuff to you. Or you're going to be reading in your Bible and something will jump out. Or he'll just speak to you and you go, who's that? It's okay. That's how he works. And he loves to talk to us when we spend time with him. Apologize for my, my voice. It's starting to go. But we're here. Yeah. I'm gra it's kind of a gravelly preacher voice. I think it's cool. <laughs> I want to really quickly give us four ways to be successful in our pursuit of God and his dream 
for our lives. You know, it's his dream that he has for us. And, and we need to make sure that we're dreaming big dreams because if it's our dream, it's just something we, it, it doesn't take God. So if it's a big, if it's over our head, if it's beyond our capacity, then more than likely it's probably him. And we're, we're just not ready for that, but we need to jump in. So it's important for us to be successful in that in our pursuit of God is, number one, we just got to verbalize it. You need to start talking about whatever that is. For some reason, many people find it difficult to feel like they have permission from God to say, this is what God spoke to me. This is what he shared with me. Because you know what? The enemy wants to come and he just wants to silence us. No, because if you say something, it'll sound like you're, you know, you're being arrogant or whatever it is. And so it's easier to do the opposite and, and just to be negative in the sense of, well, yeah, God kind of gave me this word, but it's, I mean, I don't think I'm really the one for it, but I'm just sharing with you, but I don't know, I, I don't expect God to do anything with it, but I, I feel like he spoke to it, but it's, it would be nice, but maybe he'd give me a little blessing, but anyway, that's my story. No, that's kind of that, you, you just, it's lame. You got to be confident. You got to begin to verbalize it and tell, you know, say, you know, God's given me this word and he's confirmed it through other people. And he's confirmed it. And when I read the Bible, man, I just sense this is what. And so whatever barriers are there, you know, they're going to be torn down when we begin to talk about it. And, you know, we don't allow your lack of education or your socioeconomic status or your married, not married, divorce, whatever it is. Don't allow that stuff to get in the way of the word that God's given you. Because we come up with all these excuses as to why God doesn't want to use us or our time's passed or, or, well, that door closed a long time ago. God's opening a new door for you today. That's here to tell you that. And, and you need to be encouraged in that. And, the, and then the second thing is just reinforce it constantly. Have constantly reinforce that. And it's good to tell other people about it because then they can come alongside and say, hey, you know that word that God gave you a few weeks ago? What are you, what are you doing on that? Hey, I thought this idea, I have this connection that I want to connect you with that will help you in that process. And so we have these, this network of our fellow believers and those around us that say, hey, I've, you know, God showed me this when you told me about that. So make sure we're verbalizing and make sure we're reinforcing it constantly. And telling our stories, telling stories of people who have, have had success in something God's given them, those are good things to hear. We need to hear that. And so God's plan comes to fruition in our life. You know, Paul, he, he talked about, he said, there's a crown waiting for me. There's, I'm going after that. He goes, there's only one person that can win the prize. I'm going after that. I'm going to win. That, that's not arrogancy because the reality of it is you're going to go through some stuff. And the winner, the reason why they celebrate so much and people are so excited when they complete something is because they put so much work into, hard work, into seeing that happen. It wasn't just them sitting back in their chair and God doing something. And you don't have a, much of a testimony about that when somebody else does everything. But man, when you're, you're in there jumping in and do it, you feel there, it's okay to be joyful in your success. It costs you something, but it's very rewarding in the end. And then the third thing is, flat out, as we talked about, is to implement it. <laughs> Create opportunities to succeed, whatever that is. And that, you can network with other people. You can do a lot of things, but God will give you ideas and plans. And then the fourth thing, flat out, is to live it. <laughs> live it. Live it. Start living it. Start by saying, I have permission from God to be successful in 
his word over my life. God's given me permission because he's blessed me to be a blessing. And so, so we begin to, to do that. And if we have our, a desire to succeed, you know, God's behind us flaming, flaming the fame, <laughs> fanning the flame. So yeah, he can wake you up. You know, it's good. God loves it when we're doing that. And so here's the part, though, that becomes good for us because we switch from that place of giving ourselves permission to be successful to all of a sudden making it our responsibility to be successful. It does become, hey, I am committed to this. I'm responsible for this. I'm going to see it happen with God's help, with the help of the Holy Spirit, with all those people. It's not just something that, oh, I've got permission. So no, now it moves from that permission to, it's going to happen. I'm responsible to see God's word fulfilled because he has invested so much into me. I'm going to take that and be a good steward of what he's given me and do as much as we can with it. I would like to ask... Lauren Patterson, if you'd come up at this point. And we're going to have a little conversation this morning. Yeah, give Lauren a hand. Here is a mighty man of God. You know, this is interesting. I'm not sure everywhere this conversation will go, but that's what I like about this kind of thing. I mean, uh, Lauren, you know, as anybody would, it's like, uh, what am I expecting? What am I preparing for? And, but I love this because this is just where we see God where he comes in the life of a person and radically changes that person. Now, a lot of you don't know Lauren. Lauren's been around for a few years, but this is where it becomes cool for me as a pastor and somebody who watches the hand of God, the miracle working of God. I'm going to assume that your head's a lot better now. He got hit with a pipe. I know we, we've prayed for him, and I think you're, you're thinking clearly now. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, you know. <laughs> I think I'm okay. Yeah. Don't, don't hit yourself over the head with My something. My wife thinks I'm okay. Your so. wife, that's awesome. You got amazing kids. Unfortunately, they're sick today. But so, Lauren, you know, the, the thing that you've experienced here a few years ago, what was it that caused you to decide all of a sudden you're going to pursue God versus pursuing maybe your own way or your own life well that's a really long story well um as long as they're willing to sit here the i guess the whole history of it would take a long time but at that time in my life i was lost and suffering and in a lot of pain and when you say a lot of pain stuck emotionally okay and uh, just stuck i was living here in olympia but my wife, my new wife at the time, was still in Pullman. So a little background is Then you're still married to her. That's the same wife. Yeah, same wife. Erin, yeah. um, she's not here today. But No, we met about three months before she was going to move to Pullman. And so we, we dated long distance for three years, and that was tough. And then wow. we, we got engaged, and we got married, and then we were married and long distance for another year before I could actually live with my wife. And that was because I was here running my own business and pretty locked in to what I was doing here. And, and I mentioned stuck. I was living at my parents' house and just broke. Like, I had, I had jobs coming in, but I was living job to job. And, you know, I had so poor, you, you choose between 
beans and rice or beer. And so you, <laughs> you choose beer. And That's it, good. Just, it just continues this. And um, I didn't know what to do. And I just needed, I knew I needed something more. And, uh, but luckily, God had a plan. Mm. And uh, he was working on things. And my wife had grew up in a home full of faith. At the time that we met, she wasn't really practicing her faith. And it's probably part of the reason why we got together is because, you know, she seemed like a normal person to me who was a, a non-believer, you know. But, um, Christians aren't normal. Because Christians are weird. Yeah. And... <laughs> But eventually, she started to want to be a better influence to me. And she told me this later on. I didn't know at the time. And so she started to go to church in Pullman and invite me to church. And so, you know, things were certain. Things were working. And but to answer your question, I was just, just lost. I was lost in the dark. And probably getting closer and closer to taking my own life, feeling mm. like I had made mistakes that... I couldn't be forgiven for, mm. and um, there's no way out. So wow. that that got the ball rolling. Yeah, I remember um, meeting with you guys because I'd gotten an email, I think, from Aaron asking if I would do you guys' wedding ceremony, and I hadn't seen her since she was a little girl. And uh, it's one of those things, though, that I felt like God spoke to me because it, it just like respond to this make this connection. To be honest, back in previous generations, a pastor would never do a wedding ceremony for two people unless they were saved. That was pretty much what it was. And I just felt that God really put on my heart to get connected with these guys and really show God loves every person. And it doesn't matter where they're at, whatever, because for me to have turned that down would have been to reject an opportunity for God to move. It was huge. Yeah. I mean, I would have, it would have confirmed my suspicions about Christians. Really? They're elitist and they don't, they have their own thing. Wow, because we haven't had this conversation, but yeah. And she, God spoke to me to respond and say, let's meet. Yeah. Because Aaron remembered you from her childhood and we were trying to decide who, you know, we're planning the wedding. She was planning the wedding. And <laughs> more like it, yeah. And, you know, she decided she wanted to reach out to you. And I remember meeting with you and talking a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was cool with it. I didn't, I had nothing against faith. I, I just was never raised with any faith in my home. Uh, my parents just, you know, let me figure it out on my own. They, I don't know if they have any faith per se, but so I was open to it. I wasn't against it, but mm. I certainly had the typical ideas of non-believers, you know, that it was, you know, just your opinion or whatever. So, but it was huge that you accepted that. And I think that played a major part in me getting saved and, and coming to this church. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I did their ceremony and uh, <laughs> no strings attached other than letting them know God's love and, you know, for them and, and just me being open to say, I care about these people. I care about everybody. So probably, what, a year or two? I don't know how long after you were married, but you showed up here. What, what happened? So I was able to visit my wife about once a month 
when I could afford the gas for the, my truck to drive over there. And, and that was brutal. That, you know, it's a five-hour drive by yourself to go see somebody that you care about for a couple of days and then drive all the way back by yourself and doing that over and over and over and over for years. And you just get so tired of it. And then it was, uh, it was one trip over there that we were just hanging out and Aaron had started going to church and then to a small group in the church and really getting connected. And, you know, she'd invite me to church when I was there. And sometimes I'd go and, and sometimes I wouldn't. But I still remember the conversation. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but she said that since we were married now, she just wanted to make sure it was okay with me if she started tithing because <laughs> it's our money, and she, she said, and I know that you're not saved, but I just want to make sure, you know, that it's okay. Uh, and I was like, that's what hit me right there, to have the person you care most about to be like, well, I know you're going to hell, but <laughs> just in case, you know, just in case you care. <laughs> and I don't think she, she intended for that to happen, but. That wasn't on the script. Like, so I'm pretty sure it was the same day that um, that I I thought about it for a bit and was like I I told her that I need to know Jesus I really want to know Jesus and at the time I knew I knew there was a God I felt like there was a God I didn't know but I I had the feeling I kind of realized that God was there and I just didn't know how to take the additional steps and. That's when it kind of started, everything started to click, you know, the, the wedding, meeting Steve, seeing that he's a normal guy, the experiences I've had at some of the other churches in Pullman, just talking to people, uh, meeting Christians, how nice they were, how happy they were, just everything was like, you know, pointing me in that direction. And so the drive home after that was... Uh, pretty memorable. It was me just talking to God for five hours and really just just begging, like pleading with him for to help and what do I do and I don't know what this is and and but what he told me and I heard very clearly from him was you need to get a Bible and you need to go to church. I'm like, oh uh, so as soon as I got to Olympia, I found a Christian bookstore and, and got a Bible. I even paid the extra money to have my little my, my name put on there. Wow, and, uh, that's a super Christian move right there. I was, I was ready. And then it was like, God was just like, go to church. And I'm like, I've, I've ne- at this point, I'd never walked into a church on my own before. I was always drugged to a church. And the only pastor I even knew in existence was you and so I googled you and found this place and uh, I came in and but it wasn't it wasn't a happy time it was me thinking that I wasn't good enough to be here Mm. like that I had no business being here Mm. I was just doing what God told me because I heard very clearly from him and I don't often hear from him that clearly and it's like go in this place and so I sat back there and you know I didn't want to be noticed or talk but 
I still remember the service from that day, and it was pretty incredible. I don't know if you remember, but I mean, to this day, I, I don't think we've had a service quite like that, which... I remember that. I do. It just... It was powerful. It kept going and going yeah. and going, and I'm like, why does this place have such long services? <laughs> and then you... <laughs> you, you stood up and you said that you weren't sure what was going on, but you just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to do something, and you just, you know, opened up the floor, and you got to remember that this time I was back there just dwelling on, you know, I've made mistakes, I, there's no way I can be forgiven for what I've done and said, and, mm. and then Julie Bradley gets up, and... Even to this day, I've never seen her come up that possessed by the Holy Spirit and say what she has to say. And she you know, was staring right at me, I think, and said that if you, if you really want Jesus in your life, you need to come up to this altar. And I did not. But it was, it was what I needed to hear. And, and then after that, Mart's wife, Tammy, came up. And I've also never seen her come up to the altar and speak since. And she said that there is nothing that you can do that God won't forgive you for. And I was like, that was in my mind at the time. Mm. And that freaked me out. Mm. Mm. So I'm back there sweating and shaking. (laughs) And um, finally the service ends and I'm still back there. and, And then Mark comes up and asked if he can pray for me, and at the time I didn't know Mart yet, and um, I asked for prayer, for forgiveness, and for healing, because, you know, super hypochondriac, I thought I was dying of everything, and so I just needed Mm. healing, and he prayed, and um, it was so powerful, and then I came back the next week, and Brett always made a point to say hi to me and ask me what was going on and that's when you know some of the people kind of started to learn my story and uh, they found out I married into the Diedrichs and at the time they used to they had used to go here and they weren't at the time and they're like oh you know the Diedrichs and so I was just like that I was part of the family and um, everybody just showed me such acceptance and I felt like I mm. wouldn't have acceptance, you know. I, you know, earrings and wearing black, still wearing black. That's but, cool. You know, I never felt any judgment here, or it was just, it felt like home, and that's why God mm. put me here. And I knew the pastor, I knew a few people, and that was enough to get me started. And so then I was here for a little while, because as soon as I gave my life to God and said, God, do what you want to do. So I was, you know, struggling for three years to be with my wife, and then it took three months, and I was living in Pullman with her after that. And it was simply because somebody in her small group uh, knew a guy who was looking for help, and he hired me on the first interview, and I had a job, and my jobs here kind of slowed down, and I made the transition over, and then I was finally where I wanted to be. Yeah, and then God obviously, once you finish school, and she's an engineer now up in Tacoma. Yeah, a material science engineering 
with uh, emphasis on metallurgy. And so we moved back here, and I knew that this is the church that God was telling us to be at. And so we've been stuck here ever since. Stuck, stuck, huh? <laughs> well, we're glad you're stuck here. <laughs> um, God did some radical things in your life because I've witnessed, I mean, it's amazing. Knowing who you are, where you came from, and what God's done in your life has transformed your life. Now, just transition just before we conclude here, because the other aspect of it is, and you probably didn't think about this during the process, but that somehow God was going to use all of that for you to be an impact and influence to other people. I know firsthand that you have been that for, for some, at least one or more people, and I think it's incredible. I remember, uh, and by the way, Marcus, he, he came up to me, he goes, I'm wearing all black today to honor my friend. So, but you, you have impacted his life uh, more than you'll ever know. He's probably told you that. But I firsthand witnessed you speaking to him and encouraging him and lifting him up. And in the back of my mind, I think this is where Lauren came out of. And now he's pouring into somebody else's life who's in a, a challenging spot in their life, reaching out for anything they can get from God. And you... It seemed like a professional, honestly. He was just, he was saying all the right things. He was, God was using, the Holy Spirit was using my thought, this is what it's all about. This is what Christianity is. This is what church, this is what people are. This is how it works. And so you can speak to that shortly. I know that, you know, we're over time, but I'm okay with it. But say just kind of what, how that worked for you. Well, it's actually really easy. Um, I think that, Human nature is what makes it hard because especially for new believers or non-believers, it's all about, all we see is conformity. We think that we come in here and we got to be something we're not. But, you know, the word says that we are victorious, blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's all we have to do is just share what we've been through. Mm-hmm. And, and Marcus and I share a lot of commonalities that way. And I know that God allows us to go through things for a reason that maybe we never understand. And then sometimes we're just, we're the right type of puzzle piece for that puzzle. And we find ourselves in that situation. And I think the key is to just be, be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do and, and, and have a heart for the people that are in your life. And I, I do believe that God puts everybody in your life for a reason whether that's for you to help them or them to help you, but God is so complicated. It's never just one-sided. You know, mm-hmm. Marcus has helped me in so many countless ways as well. And Yeah, absolutely. It's just accepting who you are. And I'll say real quick that it was one of the hardest things for me in the beginning was as fitting in, feeling like I needed to fit in or feeling mm. like I needed to change to fit in. Mm. And... Um, being okay with myself has yeah. been the biggest thing. Like yeah. I don't, I don't need to be a dancer and an arm waver, and I don't need to <laughs> be, you know, super good at speaking. I don't need to do anything right. that I'm not. Yep, that's that. Exactly because right. there's gonna be those people that need a guy like me to talk to, mm-hmm. and not somebody else because mm-hmm. they just don't connect with that. Mm-hmm. And it. God has brought it full circle because it, it fits right in with the prophecy that was spoken over me that, I don't know if you remember the, the guys, the two pastors that came up, and it just confirmed for me that I just be myself because God has turned me into something that he's going to use as a weapon, yeah. and um, 
that I can just be cool with who I am. And then that takes the pressure off. You just yeah. let it be. Yeah. And that's all I... Absolutely. And I would say that I'm sure that every one of us here today receives something from, from what Lauren was saying because we connect. We connect to that and we get it. And so you have permission from God to be who he's called you to be, but you need to grab a hold of the word and you need to do just like Lauren has done. is kind of work through the process, implement, and, is, and the fruit of it is very evident in his life. And the good part of it, he didn't have to conform to something that wasn't him, but he could be who he was in the, the life flow of what we do here at City Life Church and in the community. So it's awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. We uh, come up here. Please set that down. So that's what it's all about. So we're, we're going to conclude this morning, and we're going to continue this series. Uh, next week, I'm excited that we're going to hear from Tony. He's continuing in our pursuit area, and, and I think he shared with me about uh, being a victim or a victor. And uh, he's going to do an interview with somebody also. We're going to continue that because I think these are really good times that we're in uh, as a church. And I think we're learning from each other and, and being encouraged from each other and saying, hey, uh, I can do that. And so we're going to sing this song, Waymaker. I love this song. And uh, so let's stand and sing this, and, and then I'll, I'll come up and, and close the service in a minute. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 